Welcome to Engineering Fields of Dreams podcast. We're here to share stories and professional experiences of engineers across disciplines and let you explore the amazing world of engineering. Each episode, you'll hear inspiring stories and advice from engineers, allowing you to learn from their successes and experiences. Whether you're an engineering student, a veteran engineer, or just curious about engineering, we invite you to join us and explore the amazing and ever-changing world of engineering. Welcome to this episode, The Curious Generalist, with our guest, Jason. Thank you for being here today, Jason. Would you please introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Jason Marietta. I'm a chemical engineer by degree. I've been working for almost 20 years. I graduated in 2004 from the University of Missouri. And I think that if there's a few words that describe me, it's I'm curious I'm a fixer. I love to fix problems and I love to help other people. My career started really as an engineer, but it's blossomed from there. And I got an MBA. And now I'd say that I'm more of a generalist. You know, I'm not really specialized in one thing. I touch different industries. I started working in the food and beverage industry for Anheuser-Busch. I worked at a brewery and then I worked at a Yoplait yogurt factory for General Mills. And that was about a 10-year career. And my curiosity had me kind of sample lots of different jobs. I worked in the brewing department, the packaging department, utilities. And then at General Mills, I was what they called a systems engineer. And I was responsible for the line efficiency for three different yogurt lines. And it was really, I liked that job. It, it was like a long-term outlook, you know, there's day-to-day issues that you had. And, and sometimes I got pulled into those, but I was really trying to improve efficiency three to six months to a year down the road. And, and it was a neat way they approached it because you could get promoted in your job. And I was expected to be a subject matter expert, but I had four or five years to achieve that. So I thought they really understood how to develop. General Mills understood how to develop technical people. And, and so that was an interesting chapter, but it ended early because we needed to move to Arizona for my wife's job. And that's when I started my MBA. And, and then I used that to transition into healthcare. So I come from a family of doctors. My dad's a doctor, my wife's a doctor, my brother and my grandpa were doctors and I always thought I might get into healthcare. I actually was going to go to dental school and decided not to do that when I really enjoyed engineering. So I used the skills I developed in my engineering career and applied those to healthcare. So I was really trying to make processes more efficient. And so I found some different opportunities. And right now, I'd say that I'm more of a fractional worker. So I have three different clients that I work for, and they all need a part of me. And that they all bring different challenges. And, and that's really what I like. I like to fix problems and help people. And So having all these different engagements really helps me express that. That's very interesting. I think that really answered well. My first question is like, why did you choose this career? You know, in high school, I really just liked math. I was into sports and, you know, I did okay in school. I think I had a B plus average. My dad was a chemical engineer turned cardiologist. And that's a whole nother story how that transpired, but I thought I would follow the same path. When you're a chemical engineer, you can get a lot of the prerequisites for medical school and dental school. And that is 
you know, kind of my plan. And, but then I really liked math and I interned for Anheuser-Busch and co-op for Anheuser-Busch. And I just loved being in a factory. It was like, people are addicted to Sudoku. (laughs) I think it's kind of the same feeling for me being in the factory. You could make a decision and see if it worked that day or that week. And there was always new things to learn. And so I just really liked that. It became, it's a hard life working in a factory. It's all, you know, 24 hours a day. And so I learned a lot there, but I eventually wanted to move on and kind of do more of a consulting job. And that, and I became a healthcare consultant. And today I do process improvement work at a local hospital. I also work in supply chain. I help customers go from prototype to mass production. That's a really interesting company. They have a network of manufacturing partners in China and Southeast Asia. They have over 700. And it's actually a really heavy lift to industrialize a product. It, I think it takes about two years from prototype. And so that, that's been a really interesting challenge too. And I've supported some healthcare products in there. So I'm working on a medical grade toothbrush and some other products that I've been able to consult on. So that's really why it started with a love of math. And then it just, you know, I followed the path that I was most curious about and I feel lucky or blessed however you want to say it, to be able to keep making those changes. That's a very interesting story. And I think it leads well to my second question. Based on that journey that you took, what's one thing that you know now that you wish you knew before graduation? It was a big decision for me to commit to my engineering career and not go into like medicine or dental school. And I think when you're before graduation, you have this idea that you're making this decision that's permanent for the rest of your life. And it helped relieve my anxiety when someone told me that's not, you know, that's not the case. And I think it was one thing to hear it, but another thing to live it. If you're not completely sure about your career choice or your degree, you can always change. Um, I met a doctor once who went to dental school before he became a doctor, or I've met several other engineers that became doctors. And if you're willing to put in the work and you really love a a different occupation, then I think that's what I would recommend, that you can change. And I wish it would have been less stressful at the time in college to know that you can change. And I think it also plays into how much control you have over your career path. I think that When I graduated, I just felt, okay, I'm going to go to this company and they're going to take care of me and I'm going to get promoted if I work hard. That didn't necessarily play out for me. My curiosity took me in all these parallel paths, but didn't get me promoted. And I think that that's okay. But I think kind of waking up, taking the red pill and realizing that you have all this control and you can kind of do what you want is, you know, if you want to do it and you're willing to put in the work. For sure. And I think that's great advice for them to hear. I think it's a very common thing for undergrads to feel like they're locked into this career decision and not realize that they have a 20, 30, 40 year career horizon and they can totally change and um, do other things and pivot. So I think that's great advice for them to hear. I have one follow-up comment for you. And 
I recently read this book titled Range by David Epstein. It's a great book. Yeah. And he talks a lot about it and actually reinforced, it made me feel better about my career. And so you've read it also? Yes. Yeah. I thought it it was a really good book because I feel like that's me. You know, I'm somebody who's a generalist and it really reinforced all my decisions. And I'm waiting for my grand success when I turn 50. (laughs) (laughs) It feels like it's around the corner. All these different things will come together at some point. And, but I'm enjoying the journey right now. For sure, enjoying the journey. My next question is maybe about a rough spot in the journey. And that is, recall a challenging professional situation. And what did you learn from it? Through all my journey, I've had kind of similar things happen where I'm the owner of the company or my boss is a different personality than me. So I'm naturally an analytical person and I'm a little bit more reserved and I'm not super aggressive, like making decisions. And that's always been a rough point for me when I work for somebody who's more of a driver and they, they want results quickly and they want action quickly. And I think what I've realized is that I actually grow a lot in those situations as uncomfortable it is, as it forces me to learn more. So looking back, you know, the three or four times that's happened, I once worked for an attorney. He founded a healthcare consulting company. And I don't know if you've worked with attorneys much, but they're like, they're really critical of writing. And so he was a driver and an attorney. And so I had a lot of criticism on my writing, but I wound up a better writer in the end and I didn't give up. And then in the job that I work for the supply chain, the owner's also a driver and it's a similar situation, you know, communication across culture and then not in person because most of our teams in China, you have to write. It's very clear what you're talking about. And he's really taught me that. So I think I've grown a lot. And then I think the other thing that I would say is I've recognized that there's like a place for every type of personality. There's a place for drivers. Like I said, if I, if my pace is, you know, 30 miles an hour, 40 miles an hour, and there's a 70, it makes me go faster. And there's a benefit to that situation. The best situation is if you have all these different personalities and they respect that about each other. The worst is kind of the opposite. If you're different and then you're ridiculed or criticized for that. So I think a healthy workplace has some constructive conflict around personality. And I think that if you want to, if your listeners want to learn more about it, I found this book through recommendations called the Social Styles Handbook. It's written by Larry Wilson. And for me as an analytical, it just gave me the framework to kind of analyze different personalities and, you know, understand like where my conflict may have come from and how to adjust for the different types. Thanks for sharing that resource and I'll be sure to have it posted with the episode. In closing, what advice would you impart to someone just starting their career? I think that I was thinking about how to answer this and there's a There's a game called Blind Man's Bluff where you put a card on your head and everybody's trying to guess what that card is. And everybody can see your card but you. And I think that your work style and like what your strengths are 
it kind of works that way or what your your story might be is that other people can see it easier than you can and so sometimes you have to get out of your own way and ask for help find a mentor that can help you through and so i have a story where i help somebody that i'd like to share and you know a couple of years ago a friend of the family through my mother-in-law so i'm married to a thai american woman and my mother-in-law immigrated from Thailand. And, you know, some different cultures have the village matchmaker. And I feel like my mother-in-law is more of like the professional matchmaker. And so she's helped Thai people get education in the U.S. and go on to do great things. And and so, or other people that had, you know, no kind of path in, in front of them go to medical school. And so she reached out to me and said, hey, this friend of a family needs help. She's a chemical engineering student. And so I talked to her and she had this amazing story, but she was trying to get an internship and she didn't think that she had any engineering experience. And, and she had been working in a Chinese restaurant since she was seven years old. And I told her, I said, that's what makes you unique. So we built her elevator pitch around her working from seven years old. And I, and we highlighted a bunch of different things. She went on, she got two different internships and then ultimately a great job. She's going to start working this year. But I think my point in that story is that she had an amazing story, but she just couldn't see it. And so I think you really have to seek help and ask for somebody to help you develop your story, especially if you're trying to find a job. And that's that story is going to stick with her beyond just landing the job. You know, she can use that throughout her career. And that's what I would recommend. Find a mentor through a family member or professional network, ask for help. I think that is great advice and a great story to share with the audience. So thank you for sharing that. And thank you for being on the podcast today. You're welcome, Matt. It's great to talk to you. We'd like to thank today's guests for sharing their professional experience and career advice. We appreciate their insight and taking the time to share them with our audience. To you, the listener, thank you for joining us on this journey and exploring the ever-evolving world of engineering. We hope we've inspired you to pursue your dreams and ambitions. Let us know if there are topics or fields you'd like to hear more about. Until next time, we wish you the best of luck on your engineering journey. Thank you.